We open our Bibles to Psalm 146, verse 5 is our theme verse. We will actually look at all the verses in this short psalm for a little bit of context. But the the verse we're focusing on this evening is verse 5. I will, again, read the rest of the verses, so let's just look at verse 5 together. Hear now the word of the Lord. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Let me read that again. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Before we continue, I'm mindful of what we read for opening worship this evening, Psalm 46. Verse 11, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. We thought about turning to God as our refuge this morning in Psalm 71. And thinking of turning to God as our refuge with Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. You know many of the verses related to it. Uh, It refers to the God of Jacob. And here in our verse tonight, Psalm 146, verse 5, happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his Help, whose hope is in the Lord, his God. Well, may the Lord bless this, the reading and the preaching, the hearing, the believing, and the responding to his holy word. Last Lord's Day evening, I preached on Psalm 103, verses 1 to 2. And the message was, make a habit of happiness. Make a habit of happiness. And afterwards, I was very unhappy. Well, I exaggerate a bit, but I wasn't, ha- I wasn't really unhappy, but I was a little disappointed because uh, afterwards, I, I noticed and remembered this scripture and another similar scripture. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob. I'm like, oh, that should have been in the message. Happy. Make a habit of happiness. There's a lot of verses related to the idea of being happy in God, but here we go. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob. I wish I had included them. Felt incomplete once I realized it wasn't there. But it does give us the opportunity and the excuse to continue thinking about being happy another week. As I thought about it and looked at related verses, there's still more to talk about. Being happy. And in particular, we follow up with this sermon, Know How to Be Happy. That's implied and related in last week's sermon, but if we're called to make a habit of happiness, well, then let's focus a little bit more tonight. Know how to be happy. You want to be happy? It's a rhetorical question. I guess there could be an Eeyore or two out there. No, I don't want to be happy. Come on. That's what everybody wants, right? And too many people are looking for it in the wrong places and and not finding themselves to be happy. Here's how to be happy. This message tonight is to teach you how to be happy. Know how to be happy. That's the message for you this evening. You see, God knows how to push your buttons by design. One button makes you sad. The other button makes you glad. And he shows you how to push your own buttons. He's giving you insight in how to do this. Which button will you choose to push for yourself? The one that causes frown. Or the one that turns those frowns upside down. 
makes you smile. Will you push the button that makes you cry? Or will you push the button that brings laughter? Sadness or joy? Now remember in the last sermon, to rejoice is a choice. We saw that even in the midst of dire straits, Habakkuk and other related scriptures said, I will rejoice. I will be happy. I choose to be happy in my God, even in the context of a lot of sad things. So will you choose to be happy? I'm asking each of you the question tonight. It's your choice. If you go around with a frown instead of a smile, if you go around with a complaining uh, spirit rather than a cheerful spirit, everyone will look at you and know you choose that disposition. Will you choose to be happy? And if you say, yes, I choose to be happy then you must choose to learn how to go about it. How will you be happy? Will you choose to learn how to be happy? Uh, By the way, this was a rough week. As I couldn't quite hide from you this morning, I did actually pray that the Lord would uh, allow me not to indicate why. Uh, But Psalm 73 was a sermon I picked for me. I trusted, Psalm 71, excuse me. I, I trust it would be a blessing for you. But as I prayed to the Lord and struggled, to the finish line this week, so to speak. Uh, Psalm 71 was for me. And, uh, you know, when it's a rough week and there's all kinds of reasons it's a rough time, it's not unusual that after I preach a sermon, then I am given challenges to apply the sermon myself that week. And so, okay, I got to remember, I got to choose to be happy. And here we have help and reminder of, okay, how will we be happy? How will we be happy? And our scripture gives us that answer. The person who hopes in the help of the covenant God of the Bible is happy. Hoping is a choice. The person who hopes in the help of the covenant God of the Bible is happy. And look at verses 1 and 2. You see him expressing happiness. He's just exulting. He's just being happy. Verses 1 and 2. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, will I praise the Lord. Notice, I will again. It's a volition. It's a choice. But he's, he's kind of saying what he's already doing. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. As long as I live, I will praise God. And he's, he's saying this in the midst of first saying, Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. Which is kind of like what we looked in the morning sermon, Psalm 103. Count your many blessings. And actually I said Psalm 103 was the sermon for make a habit of, of happiness, but actually it was Habakkuk. But Psalm 103 in the morning was count your many blessings. And here he is, just like Psalm 103 I'm not going to forget all his benefits. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. He's just expressing that he's happy in the Lord. Why? Well, verses 3 and 4 inform us in verse 5. Verses 3 and 4, Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. 
His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth. In that very day his thoughts perish. So verses 3 and 4, he says, I'm not going to put my hope of happiness in a man. He's going to die. And not only his body, but effectively his thoughts, at least if any good they are to me, are gone. He can't talk with me. He can't help me be happy. My happiness is not going to be dependent on happenings. It's not going to be dependent on what can happen with me with other people. It's going to be, verse 5, happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help. Not men who perish, but God who ever lives for his help. Whose hope is in the Lord God, the God of Jacob. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God of eternal blessings that never perish. For he never perishes. He doesn't put his trust in man who cannot provide real lasting happiness. He puts his trust in God alone, who only does. Verse 5, our text this evening. Therefore he's happy because he knows I've come to the only person, the only real source of happiness, because it lasts. Because only God can give such happiness. And he does. Look at the power he has to make us happy. Verses 6 through 9. God made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that therein is, which keepeth truth forever, which executeth judgment for the oppressed, which giveth food to the hungry. The Lord looseth the prisoners. The Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. The Lord raiseth them that are bowed down. The Lord loveth the righteous. The Lord preserveth the strangers. He relieveth the fatherless and widow. But the way of the wicked he turneth upside down. He's just. He rewards those who truly love him and are humble. Not those faking it, but those who really are. He feeds us. Takes care of the oppressed and bowed down. He loves righteousness. The world doesn't love righteousness. But remember, we saw this morning in Psalm 71, trusting in God's righteousness continually is what helps us not get overwhelmed in utter confusion. Further, again, only God will continue forever. So only his happiness can last. Verse 10. The Lord shall reign forever. Even thy God, O Zion, unto all generations, praise ye the Lord. Only God lives forever. So, beloved, whatever you got going on right now, you have a happiness from the Lord, and that happiness can't be taken away from you now, and it will never be taken away from you. And in heaven, there won't even be any problems surrounding that happiness that can't take away the happiness. There'll only be happiness in the midst of a perfect place. So you've got an eternal hope. You hope in the Lord and you have happiness Because it's yours now. It's an anchor for the soul. It can never be taken. Whereas mankind, they can't even go along with you. They're going to die at one point. Their happiness is fleeting. It's meaningless, ultimately. And it goes with them to the grave. But you've got the hope in the Lord. So, beloved, how can you be happy? All right, here's the message again. Know how to be happy. How can you be happy? The easy, short answer is, have Jesus. Whose beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5 speak of how blessed you are 
to be his citizens of his kingdom. Blessed, he says there. Blessed are you. Now in the Greek, in the New Testament, it's just like the Hebrew for the Old Testament here for happy. Both the Hebrew word here for happy and the Greek word in the New Testament for blessed, they both could be interchangeably blessed or happy. You're really saying the same thing. You know, so don't we say that a lot of times when we're really happy about something? Oh, I'm so blessed. Oh, bless the Lord because I'm so blessed. It's a way of saying, oh, I'm so happy because of how the Lord's blessed me. Beloved, you bring blessing upon your breast by having Jesus to give you rest. Again, how to be happy? Have the God of Jacob as your God, as your help, as your hope. That's the only way you'll ever be happy, beloved. Young people, you know, you're always going to have these temptations. The world's always going to be trying to creep in and, and lure you away and trick you and make you think you're going to be happy with the things of the world. Even things that are in themselves not evil, but they can't make you happy. Only Jesus can bless you. Only Jesus can make you happy. Hope in Jesus as the anchor of your soul. And he gives you, as you would hope in him and be happy, he gives you a number of ways to build on and develop that happiness. He get, I give you some of these scriptures to know how to be happy. Now, I want to recognize there's a number of scriptures that talk about being happy that I'm not including tonight. I'm just giving you a sample, some of those that I think work most smoothly for this message. There's a number of others. Some of them are quite interesting. But I focus on these tonight. Jesus says, you want to be happy? Have me. And if you have me, here's how you can grow in that happiness. Here's a number of ways. I'm going to share them with you. It's especially important for the world. Why? Because as you know, when we do witnessing over the years, what's the number one thing people say to us? Well, they say... I'm basically good, right? Which is a foul. It was not true. But what's the other big thing they say when you try to encourage them to come to God? Oh, God just wants me to be happy. That's not the truth. God makes us to glorify him. And we only know God and glorify him as we enjoy him, right? Nonetheless, if, if the world thinks God just wants me to be happy, well, then here's the answer. Shout it out and let everybody know. You want to be happy? Beloved, I encourage you actually to think about that as you go about the marketplace this week. You want to be happy? I got good news. It's the gospel. I want to tell you about a sermon we just heard in church. You know how to be happy? I got the answer. It's have Jesus and live the way Jesus tells you. Psalm 144 verse 15 is similar to our verse tonight. Happy is that people... That is in such a case. Yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Notice the word twice for emphasis. Happy. Or in our verse tonight, happy or blessed. The emphasis there. Happy, happy. Like real happiness. The people who are happy are the ones who have the God of Jacob as their Lord. Beloved, 
don't forget this. God is the source of happiness. God alone, Christ alone is the source of happiness. So you must have him as being part of his people. Thus, Deuteronomy 33, 29 proclaims, Happy art thou, O Israel, who is like unto thee, O people saved by the Lord, the shield of thy help, and who is the sword of thy excellency, and thine enemies shall be found liars unto thee. Thou shalt tread upon their high places. Psalm 127, verse 5. I I do include this because I think it really does need to be reminded today in a culture that speaks about it as a misery. Psalm 127, 5. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. Full of whom? Covenant children of God. And however it might look, children, a number of times as your dad is juggling a number of things, He is so happy to have his quiver full of the children of God praising and blessing his name. Psalm 128, which also talks about how blessed it is to have children and have grandchildren, covenant children of God. But verses 1 and 2 say this, Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways, For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hand. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Blessed are you and happy are you if you fear God and you follow Jesus. And that you show that you have Jesus because you're following Jesus, living according to his commandments which he teaches you is to love him, and thus it's to be happy in him. As a certain hymn says, to be happy in Jesus is to trust and obey. Happiness is holiness. Holiness is happiness. So again, a lot of people of the world and maybe too many in church are already checking out. Wait a minute! I thought you told me how I could be happy. I am. This is the word of God. This is the truth. Thus saith the Lord. This is the truth. How can you be happy? Have Jesus and have his ways. For those of you who really want to be happy, let us continue. 1 Kings 10 verse 8. The queen of Sheba is marveling over King Solomon and all of the blessings upon his kingdom. And she says to Solomon, Happy are thy men. Happy are these thy servants, which stand continually before thee, and that hear thy wisdom. She could say that to you today as you stand before Jesus and hear his wisdom. The Queen of Sheba said that to the King of Solomon for his wise ruling of God's people. Now remember, God said to Solomon, ask anything you want. He asked for wisdom to be able to govern his people, to be a happy people. And God said, because you asked for that, 
I'm also going to give you so many other things and blessings and riches. He was pleased that he asked for wisdom. And so you see, to have God's wisdom of how to live God's ways is how to have happiness in this life. And you know this, you and I, the more that we really discipline ourselves as his disciples and get better at saying no to what he says to say no to, and yes to what he says yes to, what is our response? Oh, bless my soul. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I'm happy. I was unhappy that other way. I'm happy walking in the law of liberty. And so Solomon wrote the Proverbs. And so Jesus speaks the wisdom to you through the Proverbs that he gave to Solomon. Proverbs 3, verses 13 and 18. Okay, you want to know how to be happy? Here you go. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her. And happy is everyone that retaineth her. You might say when you're unhappy and struggling, open up the Proverbs. Open up the Bible. Sing the Psalms. Sing our verse tonight, but open up the Proverbs. Remember to go to chapter 3. And remember that the scriptures and Proverbs, though it's speaking in the, in the feminine of an illustration, it's, it's really pointing us to Jesus, who is the Logos, John 1 verse 1, the wisdom. Having wisdom from God is happiness. How to live this life. How to make wise choices. According to his morality. Proverbs 14, verse 21. He that hath mercy on the poor, happy is he. There's a lot of angry people out there in our nation, sometimes under the cloak of Christianity and liberty, who are demanding rights and want nothing to do with any idea of helping the poor. I got to tell you, I'm actually happy that some of my taxes help the poor. I know it's probably too much. I know it's not all being used the way it should be. But I'm pretty sure I wouldn't probably get around to it or be, a, be able to do it in a systematic way. And I want to be able to give, and I do. We give to and need to more give to uh, ministries that help the poor. But we should be happy to help the poor. When we help the poor, the prophet says, we'll be happy. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. The thing is, those people demanding and not wanting to give to the poor, do they look happy to you? By my observation, I don't see a lot of happiness. I don't see a lot of cheerful countenance. Now, don't hear more than what was said there, but just recognize the Proverbs say, and of course it needs to be ultimately voluntary and it needs to be from your hand to another, but recognize we should be happy that the poor are helped. And whatever way we're involved in it. We should be happy about it. Proverbs 16, verse 20. He that handleth a matter wisely shall find good. And whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. Again, if you're able to learn how to handle things wisely and in a good way, And trust in the Lord as you choose to do what he says, not what the world says. Trust his ways are wise and right and will prove to be the right choice later. Happy are you. Proverbs 28 verse 14. 
Happy is the man that feareth always. You know, again, the world, why? Why would be afraid all the time? I'm out of here. Happy is the man that feareth always. Feareth the Lord, has a sense of fear and respect and reverence and awe for everyone around us, concerned to be careful not to cause offense or stumbling block, always having a sense of sobriety and a, a, a sense of others in need and not just frivolously living and wasting. Well, why would that make you happy? Because you have a, a proper sense of reality and you, you keep trusting in the Lord, therefore, and, and not in man. And the Lord will protect you from making unwise choices that will make you unhappy. And, and frankly, let's recognize that we'll be in danger of making others unhappy. Proverbs 29, verse 18. He that keepeth the law, happy is he. What? Oh, come on. I'm no, under the, I'm no longer under the law. Isn't that what the Bible says? Well, remember, love is the fulfilling of the law. We love God when we keep his commandments. We love our neighbor when we bless them, keeping the commandments toward them. He that keepeth the law is happy because the law is good. The law is holy. The law reflects God himself. God is perfectly happy in and with himself. He's just sharing with you how you can be happy like him. Happy is the man that keeps God's law. You see, obeying God is happiness, especially on the inside. Holiness is happiness. As we teach our children to obey God, we point out to them, especially our young ones, as you are disobeying and defying God right now, look at your face, look at your heart. God's not going to bless your heart for that. You're unhappy. As you obey God and his ways, he's going to bless your heart. He's going to make you happy. And then we point out, ah, you see how your dispositions change, your countenance has changed. You see how you're smiling now and you have peace in your face. God's going to make you happy when you live his ways. The laws of the universe, because it's his law. And he can touch your heart. Romans 14, verse 22. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing which he alloweth. Well, what's the context there? Not wanting to be a stumbling block to your neighbor with things that are adiaphora, things that you are free to do, but some who are called weaker. Uh, for some reason, for, for them it's a sin, and sometimes they may condemn you for as a sin. Now, you need to be careful that uh, you try not to give them something that would make them feel like uh, you're sinning, even though it isn't. But you don't need to condemn yourself. You can enjoy things that are adiaphora, things that are not unlawful, uh, those others might condemn you for. You can have a clean conscience and be happy. Not without wisdom and prudence, of course, in the context uh, of others. But you can just be happy about it. You don't have to give yourself a hard time. That is, you can be happy in the grace of Jesus Christ. The freedom in Jesus Christ. (laughs) While uh, we could often think of other contexts, I'll just say this. I can happily enjoy my cup of coffee. 
I've actually had people, I think I've shared with you on the sermons, in surprising settings, try to condemn me for having a cup of coffee. Yeah, I'll, I'll spare you the details. <laughs> Christians. I can sit down, you know, all right, well, I won't, I won't get into them, but I'm going to sit down and have my cup of coffee and enjoy it. I don't, I don't have to, I can enjoy my freedom and say, oh, I'm happy to have my cup of coffee. Now, be careful about all the different things, too much sugar, too much caffeine. I think some people are too happy to have way too many cups of coffee. Let me tell you something. But, uh, you know, just as a, as a silly illustration, you can be happy in the freedom of Jesus Christ. As we think about with our confession, uh, you know, Liberty of conscience. More importantly, Acts chapter 26, verse 2. Paul says, uh, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before the touching, uh, excuse me, before thee, touching all the things whereof I am accused of the Jews. Now, ultimately, he's going to want to go to see Caesar over this. And we know this leads to Rome and eventually, uh, as it would seem, his death. And we'll touch on that related to Philippians in a moment. But he says, I count myself happy. I count myself blessed that I have to go and testify publicly about the hope of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that I'm being treated like this. I'm thankful that I am accused by the Jews wrongly because it gives me a platform to witness to Jesus Christ. He says, I'm happy that my suffering and my false trial, my being treated so poorly, think about what we saw with Jesus tonight in Matthew. I'm I'm happy that that suffering gives me a platform for public gospel testimony. You know, Christians will sometimes speak about, and, and sometimes I think it's appropriate, Whatever situation I've had to endure has given me a platform to give a testimony to Jesus Christ. In, in a public witness, I, I wouldn't probably have otherwise. And so I rejoice in my pain. I rejoice in my suffering. I rejoice in my specific difficulty. You might think of uh, Johnny Erickson Tata, for instance. First Peter three fourteen. But, and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. If Jesus gives you the opportunity to suffer for righteousness' sake, to give a witness suffering as a Christian, identifying with Christ in the fellowship of his sufferings, giving a witness to the world as they persecute you, happy are you. Keep that on your hearts should the Lord call us to such service, particularly if it would be martyrdom. You can say also to yourself, we'll have a better resurrection. 1 Peter 4, verse 14. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. That's what Jesus said in the Beatitudes, right? Which some translations have it as, happy are you, instead of blessed are you, happy. Blessed, happy are you. He said, when people say all kinds falsely against you for my sake, for my name's sake, for righteousness' sake, happy are you. Why? It's a way of testifying to Christ, and it's a way of testifying to yourself that you are Christ's. 
and that you are in Christ. Not without true love of Christ. 1 Corinthians 13, you can give away your body to be burned for Christ. Without love for Christ, it's nothing. But if it's real and that love is there and that witness is up in there, you're actually happy. Of course, all of the world has been long gone, but they'll be running for the hills hearing that. Whereas you and I know in our suffering, we can be happy as we lift up our eyes unto the hills. And remember from whence cometh our help. Our help cometh from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. And as we see those examples and statements about being happy to suffer for Jesus so that we can give a witness for Jesus in it. Remember what Paul rejoices in Philippians. He so often is talking about rejoicing and say, I'll say it again, no problem for me to repeat myself and rejoice in the Lord again. I say rejoice. But what's he rejoicing in? Particularly in the beginning of the letter to the Philippians, his suffering, his being a prisoner, his being in chains, suffering for the gospel, having other preachers trying to compete with him and bring him down and use his difficulty to bring him down, still take advantage and lift themselves up for false motives. Yet he rejoices in that because whatever their motives are, if they're preaching the true gospel, praise the Lord. My chains are actually an opportunity to get more preaching of the gospel out there, even if it's to my greater suffering by the intent. He's rejoicing, rejoicing. He's happy. Beloved, wow. No one can take away your happiness. In fact, such suffering, such pain for Jesus such humiliation, such awful things they can do to say to you, should put a smile on your face. Oh, I'm, I'm reminding myself this when I say that. should put a smile on our face. Because they're identifying with a Christ, and we're identifying with Christ, and we're exalting the name of Christ, which is our calling, and what we'll happily do forever in heaven, and yet there with no more pain or suffering. But it should remind us of where we're going. Should be happy to lift up the name of Jesus in our suffering as he was lifted up in suffering to give us happiness in himself and eternal happiness. Know how to be happy. James 5 verse 11. Behold, we count them happy, which endure. Happiness is an ability to endure through difficulty and give God praise for perseverance. (laughs) And I I appreciate what has been uh, one of your answers recently, more regularly. Hey, how are you doing? I'm here. But it isn't, isn't, you're even laughing right now as I say that. It isn't with resign. It's with resolve. I'm here and with all we've been going through, it's very possible I wouldn't be here. This church or somewhere else. And so often, isn't it just a blessing to be able to say, we got through that. It was hard. But God got us through that. Praise his name. I'm still standing. Praise his name. And remember, hupomene, that that Greek word is the ability to bear under the weight of something, which is particularly God's own hand with his difficult providences. Humble yourself under the hand of God and he will lift you up. There is that sense of God getting you through something and then lifting the weight of it. He lifts you up. 
the humble. And there's that sense of happiness and relief of just, okay. Praise God. Ultimately, on Judgment Day, this is a verse that we'll all be reminded of, and those who do not seek their happiness in Jesus will later wish they had. The particularly messianic psalm, Psalm 2, where everybody's laughing at Jesus, the kings are laughing at God's anointed, but in the end, they have the last laugh, and you'll wish you hadn't been laughing at, but with Jesus as you enter eternity. Psalm 2, verse 12. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way, when his wrath is kindled but a little. On the other hand, the verse goes on to say, Blessed or happy are all they that put their trust in him. And on the last day at his return, which, Lord willing, we'll finally study this Wednesday with the end of our confession, you will say, I am so happy to have kissed the Son and trusted in him. As he says to you now, enter into the, my Father's house, enter into the joy of the Lord. Happiness is to serve at the pleasure of the King of Kings, the Lord Jesus Christ, who alone grants true happiness of eternal life to enjoy an abundant life now and later in his Father's kingdom in full. And he says how to live it now and into eternity. He's teaching you right now. Do you have me as your King? Happy are you? And I'm reminding you and teaching you to remember how to Live out that happiness. John 13, verse 17, the Lord Jesus says, If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. If you do what I command, you show your love for me, and that you've kissed me, and that you are with me, and thus you have eternal happiness with me. Happy are you if you do the things I tell you to do. Because they're the right things. They're the good and holy, happy things of God. Oh, the world will be mad and unhappy about it and try to make you miserable about it, but you can be merry in the Lord and he'll touch your heart. But in particular, you want to know how to be happy? All right, those who you are still with me, you really want to know how to be happy? Here's the fundamental way, and we've seen it so much in the letter to the Philippians. Have the mind of Christ, have the humility of Christ. Because John 13, verse 17, when Jesus says, Happy are ye if you know these things and do them, the context is sacrificing pride to be a servant with his giving his own example of stripping down to a humble uniform and washing the feet of his brethren. And he says, you do likewise. You want to be happy? Go be a servant. Deny yourself and serve others. And here's the thing. Too many people, and I'm sorry to say, too many Christians, and perhaps we should say some quote-unquote Christians, are unhappy most of the time, grumbling, 
miserable, murmuring against God, his ministers and his people. Because first of all, they don't want to do what he says. They're always bucking against it. And they're miserable as they try to justify themselves, but their conscience knows better because God can get at your conscience no matter what. But more importantly, they refuse to sacrifice to serve others. And Jesus says, this is the way to be happy. All of these things, all these commandments, do my ways, but ultimately, follow my ultimate example as I'm about to give you the ultimate example of go and sacrifice myself on the cross for you. To give you me, that you have me, that you have happiness at all, let alone learn how to grow in it. Sacrifice your own pride. Humbly be a servant of other people. Especially be a servant of the poor and of your brethren. So often when Fernanda and I have the opportunity uh, to try to be about serving uh, those in our church who need a special visit or uh, you know, as you and I often bring something to someone in a time of need, it could be a happy situation, a troubling situation. It's a happy thing, you know. We feel happy just to serve, to love and serve, and it's hardly a sacrifice, right? And I, I recall that I was sharing with her recently when we were experiencing and expressing that. Uh, my uh, president and professor in seminary sharing about the importance of visiting uh, the saints in the hospital. And he said, the thing is, you always go away more ministered to and more blessed than they are. The saints will bless you. You're just going to serve the saints and you always walk away blessed, happy. Be happy washing the feet of your brethren. Be happy by washing the feet of Jesus with your tears. As it were. Thankful for him, your salvation, your eternal happiness. There now, there you have it. There's your answer. Which button are you going to keep choosing to push? Beloved, make a habit of happiness. And now you better know how to be happy. And that's the message for you this evening. Know how to be happy. Psalm 146 verse 5. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob. And we might say thinking of Jesus, Jacob's ladder for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Now you know how to be happy. Beloved, know how to be happy. And make a habit of happiness. And I'll remind myself this week. And I'll practice. Let's pray. Oh Lord Jesus, to be happy in you is to trust and obey. We are so thankful to have you, O oh God, the God of Jacob, is our help. And we are thankful to have you, Lord Jesus, 
Jacob's ladder. Help us to grow in happiness by having your wisdom to learn how to make wise choices on our behalf and others. Help us learn, Lord, to serve sacrificially the needs of others and be happy following your own example. Help us to happily give a witness to the Lord Jesus Christ and our happiness in you of the gospel and to happily suffer, to happily suffer especially for being a Christian and be given the opportunity to witness happiness in it. What a witness that will be to others. Forgive us, Lord, when we fall so short. We are human. We are weak. We so often express misery. And in our exhaustion physically and emotionally and mentally, we, we so often don't express the happiness we have in Jesus. Help us, Lord. Help us to be taken out of confusion by continually resorting to you and in you being renewed and revived in the joy of the Lord as our strength in the happiness of having the God of Jacob as our help in the happiness of having Jesus and his ways of living a happy life regardless of what happens to us in spite of what sometimes it brings upon us as we exalt the name of the Lord Jesus Christ the suffering servant who now sits again upon the throne next to God, where our lives are hid with him. As we wait for your return and enjoying the happiness of being in the kingdom of heaven on earth forever and ever. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, as we choose to be happy, we learn how to remember to be happy and make it a habit in your holiness, for your glory and witness. And we pray in Jesus' name, and all your people said and happily said, Amen.